0: sheep herder and he was following in his father's footsteps whenever god chose him god brought him out of obscurity into notoriety in due season and saul was the king the people wanted but david was the one that god had chose amen And we see that at a young age, some would say he was somewhere between 15 and 17 years old, that he was anointed to be king, but wasn't immediately put into the position that he was anointed for. (laughs) Can you imagine the frustration of being anointed to be the king and be sent back out to the sheep? And a lot of times I believe uh, I say a lot of times I believe most of us have been in that place where that we have heard a word from God where we have heard the will of God where we have heard the plan of God for our lives and maybe even anointed for it only to go back to the norm only to go back to that which seems as though that nothing has changed but in that season, David was being trained to reign. And now we see that David becomes king here and he is, has the training. He, he, he doesn't have the protocol. He doesn't have all of these things that other people have had. But he, he is anointed and called by God. And so in, in chapter number 9, 2 Samuel 9, the Bible said then king in verse 3, And then the king said, is there not still someone of the house of Saul to whom I may show kindness of God? And Ziba said to the king, there is still a son of Jonathan who is lame in his feet. Saying to him, if you can read between the lines, if you can see this, he is... Asking him he said you can ask Ziba and Ziba says yes, there is someone But but you need to know something David. He, he's he's a crippled Why is that significant because when you study this uh, when you study history You'll find out that that crippled people were not allowed into the, the kingdom They were not allowed into the palace they weren't allowed into where that the king was, right? Because they were crippled. And so Ziba tells David, he says, There is one, his name is Jonathan, but you need to know something, David. He, he's a crippled. He's crippled in his feet. And so the king said to him, Where is he? Ziba tells him that he is in Lodabar. What does Lodabar mean? It means the place of wasteland. It is translated that of being barren, desert, dry. One translation said that it was as where the dump was. But then David goes on in verse 7, and David said to him, Do not fear, for I will surely show you you kindness this word kindness here it can be translated grace he said I'm going to show you grace Mephibosheth you don't have to worry I'm gonna he said Jonathan your father for your Jonathan your father's sake I've talked to you on many occasions about the gent multi-generational blessing a lot of people want to talk about the generational curse But i believe and i believe in that i understand that but i believe we ought to focus on the generational blessing that we are able to bless not only our children but our children's children right and be a blessing to them and now david here is about to bless mephibosheth not because of what he has done or has not done but because of his father right He said, I'm going to show you grace, Jonathan, for your father's sake, and restore to you all the land of Saul, your grandfather. You getting this? Not only is he getting his father's blessing, but he's getting his grandfather's blessing. And he said, I'm going to restore all of this to you, and you shall eat the bread at my table continually. So not only is he blessing him for his father's sake, his grandfather's sake, but now he's bringing him into kingship. He's bringing him in and now he's, he is like one of his own. Because the only thing that Jonathan ever asked of David is he said, whenever you were slaying your enemies, he said, would you remember my family? And don't allow it to stop with me, but with the rest of my family. Remember and be kind to my children, in other words. Be kind to those who are coming. And so he is showing him kindness or showing him grace. And David says, I'm not only going to bless you forward, but I'm going to make this retroactive. And I'm going to go back and what you have lost because of consequence and because of, of the harm and the danger that has been done, brought upon your life. He said, I'm going to make sure that you get every bit of it back. Glory to God. He said, I'm going to make sure that, that I show kindness to you because of your father. He said, I'm going to give you what your grandfather owned. But then he turns around and he says, I'm going to give you everything. That, In other words, he said, I'm going to give you everything. Are you going to be paid back for everything that's been taken off of this land all of these years that you have been put into Lodibar? Glory to God. The Bible says it like this. I will restore unto you the years of the locusts and the canker worms and the caterpillar have devoured there is a restoration that can take place in our lives that even though the enemy thought that he had us in a lowly bar a barren place and we were not receiving what god had in store for us and we were not being blessed because of our father's blessing or even our grandfather's blessing But David, a type of Christ, comes in restoration. Aren't you glad for restoration? He comes in a type of Christ and he restores to Mephibosheth everything that has been taken from two generations and now three generations in his family because of his Saul, his grandfather, Jonathan, his father, and now he's in Lodibar and even though he is of lintage, right? Amen. He's of lintage. He he's not like David. David came in because of the favor of God. But but Mephibosheth was in lintage. He he had heritage. He was of royalty. But now he's living in Lodibar and and David, a shadow and a type of Christ, goes to Lodibar and he restores him and brings him back into right relationship where he is supposed to be. And while he is there, he says and makes the announcement that not only will you sit at my table from now on, not only will you receive the blessing of your father, but you will also receive the blessing of your grandfather and everything that's been taken off of this land if you will you're going to be it's going to be restored back to you hallelujah Amen. I believe that whenever the enemy that came to Mephibosheth and messed him up in his youth He was five years old whenever the the person that was over him would run with him because they of the news that had come That he would be that that the enemy was coming or David was coming and because David had slain so many of his enemies his nurse or his daycare keeper right didn't know the covenant that was made between David and Jonathan and the promise that David had made to Jonathan. And so in that haste, in that trying to protect this little child, at around five years old, she is running with him out the door to try to spare his life. And in doing so, the Bible said that she dropped him. And when she dropped him, she must have dropped him on his feet or somehow on his legs because he, he received damage to his feet that he was never able to recover from. Amen. Now, how many know that, that, that you can have some damage in a lot of places in your body and people not recognize it, but your feet's not one of them? whenever you're damaged in your feet when you are limited in your feet it 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 affects the way you walk it affects it and people notice the way you walk they notice the hurt they notice the pain they notice that you're damaged and here Mephibosheth is dealing with this all of his life and it's not even his fault it's not even his fault Even though if you're, you know, whenever something bad happens, we we have to blame somebody, don't we? We have to find somebody to blame. But I I don't blame even his daycare keeper or his nurse or his provider because she was trying to preserve his life. And so it was even though she had good intentions and even though that she meant well, there was something tragic that happened. I want to tell you today that you can, people can have the best of intentions. They can do everything they know to do and and trouble still come to you. Pain can still come. D- d- destruction, still, disaster can still come. And we've realized that this is what happened to Mephibosheth, that even though she was trying to do good, trouble came to Mephibosheth. And it wasn't just momentarily, but it was something that caused him to be crippled all of his life. Sometimes some things happen in our lives that don't just last momentarily, but it can affect us the rest of our life. It comes to us and it brings us harm, it brings us damage, it it breaks us, huh? It affects us. It may not be naturally in your feet, but it affects the way you walk. It can be physically, it can be mentally, it can be even spiritually. That's that, that the damage comes to you even as a child. You know why the enemy comes at you early? It's because he has more confidence in you than you have in yourself. He believes that, that, that you, Joseph, will do exactly what you said you're going to do. He believes that if you get to where you're going, if you get to the place of your potential, that you will be in such a place that the wicked one can touch you not. So he has to get to you at an early age and he has to begin to conjure up these thoughts in your mind and and try to work at you mentally and physically. And that's the reason why that we see at an early age that that the people are trying to to, uh, create in a person and then control them by words that are spoken. You are foolish. You are no good. You are you are dumb. You can only do this. You are limited in this area. A- and they speak those words over a person to try to control and to try to dominate their life. We see that the world is working against us, and that's the reason why. And I'm I'm not shooting today at, at, at the teachers. I thank God for all the teachers. But our system today is trying to rewrite history to 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 take God out of our history. History so that and to describe to them that there is no God, that this just happens in some way. But I want to tell you that the, the, the political systems are are to, to, to shape and to form our culture, and they don't want to do it at an old age because you already know better. So we got to get to you while you're young. We've got to speak this into you and make suggestions to you so that you'll believe in such a matter. And we see the Mephibosheth at an early age had become crippled he become damaged he become broken and now even though he was part of royalty even though he was a part of the lineage even though he was in line to be a king at some point in his mind he's a dog not only is he a dog but the bible he said am i a dead dog it suggests to us his, his, how, what he thought about himself. That he was in this place and that all he deserved was Lodibar. A place of no communication. A place of destillation. A place where there was no hope and it was hopelessness. And, and there was nothing good ever going to come out. And he was ready to live there the rest of his life. Can you see that? Can you believe that with me today? He was satisfied there and felt like, and I'm just reading into this, but but he looks like to me he's satisfied where he is and says, this is what I deserve. And we have a whole lot of folks that are gifted and talented and anointed and skillful, and they are they are called to royalty and called to the place of blessing. But they have allowed the enemy in the midst of their brokenness, in the midst of the hardship or the difficulty they've gone through, and if you will crippled them spiritually, we have learned to settle and to hold on to what we have, and saying, "God, one day I'll get to heaven and I'll be able." to enjoy it one day in the by and the by I'll be able to one day I'll be able in heaven no the devil is a liar God has not created you he has not put you in the earth for you to one day go to yes we're looking forward to heaven but it's here and now that God sent his son that we can have life and have it more abundantly it is here and it is now that the enemy comes to try to cripple us and try to limit us but the bible says that jesus came that we can have an abundant life glory to god i want to tell you today that no matter where you are no matter what you have gone through that god has created you for an abundant life amen and this mephibosheth he says to david says to him and Verse 9 he says, I have given to your master's son all that belongeth to Saul and to all of his house. And you therefore and your sons and your servants shall work the land for him, and you shall bring in his royalty. He's not a beggar, he's not a pauper, he is a landowner right he owns land he is he is he is now wealthy can you see this with me because he's not only getting what is ahead of him but he's getting his father's blessing and his grandfather's blessing it's now being released into his life and in and in other words and david says You're going to you're going to work the land for him. You're going to bring in the harvest. But but he's not going to have to even touch all of that. That's just his inheritance because he's going to be living in my palace. Glory to God. He's going to be sitting at my table. That's what that means. He's going to be in the king's palace. He's going to be eating at his table and everything that he needs is going to be supplied because how many know kings don't pay for nothing. Kings don't even pay taxes. Glory to God. Somebody ought to shout about that. But they, he, he receives everything but doesn't have to pay for nothing. He's a wealthy man. I wonder how many people have been wealthy and not even know it. Was a lady in our church growing up? Uh, this, the lady that played the organ, Mama's sister Catherine, right? Yeah. She she was tight. She is tighter than bark on a tree. And the the, the preachers, the evangelists, they would always stay at our house whenever we would have a revival, and and he shared it was in. Uh, the winter time, and she was concerned about about the the uh, attendance and all of that. In any anyway, she gave him a gift and and wrote a note. And, and I don't know why it stuck with me, but in that note, she was talking about that that she would uh, walk by the ice cream shop in in the summertime, and, and she wouldn't even buy a twenty-five cent ice cream. And she was uh, she and she, that's how tight she was. And she wouldn't even she was hoarding up all of her money. She didn't have any family, right? And uh, and she was hoarding up all that money and whenever she died, they found hundreds, thousands of dollars in her house. Didn't have no car. I don't know what she ate. But had all of this money. Hundreds of thousands of dollars in a house and never used it what good is that what good is it if a man would gain the whole world and lose his own soul I'm not saying that about her I'm just saying I'm thinking what is it that that we we think that when we got temporal things we hoard up all this money and we think if we've got all this money yes I think you ought to you know be be right with it you ought to take care of it right You ought to to do whatever you need to do to take care of your family, take care of your retirement, all of those things. But whenever we start hoarding up things, and, and, and I thought to myself, what good did it do her? Have all of this money and never enjoy life. She wouldn't even buy a car. Somebody had to go pick her up and bring her to church. She worked. I don't know how she got there. I guess she took a bus or something. I don't know. But I wonder how many people, spiritually speaking, got a house full of abundance. The blessings of God. Maybe even the prayers of your grandparents that have not been received yet. Come on, somebody. The prayers of your parents that have not yet been released into your life. The blessings of God over your life that have not been. And we have this abundance, but we haven't tapped into it. Because in our minds, we're a dead dog. In our minds, we're unworthy. In our minds, we're damaged goods. Right? We're unacceptable. Because how many know in this world, you don't accept damaged goods? Come on, somebody. Ups comes to your house and has a, a, a box for you, and that box is crushed. You don't even accept it. You just mark return to sender and say, take that back with you. Right? Because it's damaged. It's no good. And, and we see here that that's the mentality, the mindset that we have. That when we have gone through something, when we've, maybe you've gone through a divorce. Or maybe you've gone through things physically or mentally or even spiritually. And, and you disqualify yourself because of the brokenness or the crippledness or the damage that has come. through Not not just to because you, you thought you would do something crazy, but because of what you've been through. And it's caused that damage in your life, and you disqualify yourself because of what you've been through. But I come to tell you today that the devil is a liar. Amen. The Bible said, David says to them, "Go fetch him." It's a country term that says, "Go fetch the water." Amen. Out of the well, go fetch the hammer. What do they say? And they, it fetch means to cradle or to carry in one's arms. <laughs> Amen. David said, I know he's broken. I know he's crippled in his feet but he said go carry him into the palace. Go, go get him and carry him if you need to into my presence. I want to tell you today that we may feel as though that we cannot get to where God has put in our hearts or in our spirit and we say we cannot make it but that's the good work of the Holy Ghost. Amen. He'll come and fetch us where we are. He'll come and reach us where we are and he will pick us up he will cradle us in his arms he'll give us the strength he'll give us the grace he'll give us the anointing to get to where God has called us to but our mind has told us we'll never see the goodness of God but the Holy Spirit will empower us he said you're not coming here on your own strength you're not coming here on your own might or your own power but you're coming here on the word of the Lord and the promise of God that is over your life Amen. He said, I'm going to bring him in and I'm going to set him at my table. And he tells Ziba, he said, I want you and your sons and your servants. Verse number 10, I believe it is. He tells us that Ziba had 15 sons. Wow. Wow. And 20 servants. He has 35. He comes from Lodibar, uh, a, a, a dump, a place of isolation, a place of desolation. And he comes out of nothingness and uh, suddenly he has 35 people serving him. Wow. I don't know about you, but I, I'd say that probably blow your mind. Huh? One day you're sitting at the dump, one day you're sitting in the, in the desert, in the isolated place, thinking that you're a dead dog, and before the sun goes down, you find yourself in the palace with 35 men serving you. Hallelujah. That sounds like a God thing to me. But that sounds like a God thing something that blows your mind well I was thinking about that and then I got to thinking about the New Testament may know that that whenever there is a truth that there'll be a scarlet thread that'll run through the whole Bible that's something that that uh Somebody taught me as a young preacher boy that you don't just take one scripture and you can do anything you want to with one scripture. But if it is a truth, you can find the scarlet thread running through the scriptures. Amen. That's the reason why Paul said, I believe it was Paul, line upon line, precept upon precept. Build it together. Right? In the New Testament, there's this, the equivalent story in Luke chapter 5, verse 16. So he he himself often withdrew into the wilderness to pray, speaking of Jesus. And now it happened on a certain day as he was teaching that there were Pharisees and teachers of the law sitting by who had come out of every town of Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem watch this, and the power of the Lord was present to heal them. Jesus is in this place. He is, he, as you'll read there, when you read that chapter, he had just got off of the boat. He had just finished ministering to the multitudes. He, he pulls away as he often would, and now he goes into this city and the Bible says that everyone from Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem, they're coming from everywhere. And the power of the Lord was present to heal them. Now, it's interesting to me and I point that out because I only see one person being healed in this story. I'm not telling you that other people weren't healed, but I see one person that is being healed in this story. It, it, it is kind of like that the pool of Bethesda. Right, where that he goes there and there's a multitude of sick people and Jesus heals this one, right? And, and so he, he goes there and the power of the Lord is present to heal them. In verse 18, then behold, men brought unto him a, a bed, a man who was paralyzed, whom they sought to bring and lay before him. And when they could not find how they might bring him in because of the crowd, they went up on the housetop and led him down on his bed through the tiling into the midst of Jesus, before Jesus. I was reading this and one, one theologian said that, that made, the, made the account uh, and said that they had a flat roofs during that day which they probably did I don't, I, I'm not a theologian but, but the thing that I want to uh, make a statement here is he said and they had a, a, a steps down to, to into the house because they used the second story or the, the roof as additional housing and, and, and they probably could but he suggests that it made it you know they probably went down those steps but that ain't what the Bible says the Bible says they took the tile off right it wasn't an easy process. I pray that I have friends like this, don't you? Yeah. Friends that didn't quit because it wasn't easy. They, they picked him up, put him on a stretcher, and carried him. I don't know how far it was, but they carried him to where they found out Jesus was and whenever they got there, all of the doors were, were crammed shut. I don't know. I can only imagine, you know, you try to crawl up into the text. And maybe there was the head man was saying, come on, excuse me, make way for the sick. And, and what, But what, what he did not understand maybe was is they were there for the same purpose. They were there for the same reason. They were wanting to be touched by Jesus too. They were wanting to be healed by Jesus as well. They had needs in their own life. And even though that they were, were not just saying, well, the, the sick don't matter, they were there for Jesus to touch them. And so everything was crammed shut. You know this story. And then, then behold, the men brought on him on the bed. He was paralyzed, and, and they bring him And lay before him. And they could not find how they might bring him in because of the crowd. And they went to the housetop. They let him down on his bed through the tile in the midst before Jesus. And when he saw their faith, he said to him, when he saw their faith, he said to him, man, your sins are forgiven you. There can be times in your life when you cannot have faith for yourself. There are times in your life whenever sickness, infirmity, disease, whenever, whenever the hardship becomes so hard and so difficult that you find yourself in, in, in a, a lack of faith or even be able to believe God for a thing. Right? Right? But this is the reason why we need kingdom connections. This is the reason why we need each other. This is the reason why we need the household of faith. So that whenever I am going through a thing, and even though it may be difficult and I can't believe God for myself. That I'm part of the household of faith. Where that somebody else can have faith for me. And bring me into the presence of Jesus, huh? And when Jesus sees their faith, he looks at me and says, be made whole. Amen. You see, I believe today that that's one of the reasons why that that we need each other. We need our brothers, we need our sisters, and we need to be connected in such a way that we know the needs. This is a strange world we're living in. People are different. You don't know how to pastor folks today. I'm not complaining to anybody. I'm just, I'm just sharing, giving you a little insight. You know, whenever dad pastored, I know you'd go to their house and visit folks. I tried that. They sent the little kid to the door and said, we're not accepting preachers now. Amen. I've went to the hospital to visit folks and they tell the nurse to tell me. They're not accepting folks. I found out that that you can't just it's weird it's different I ain't saying people are weird I'm just saying I, I can't figure out I don't know unless I'm invited amen but we see here that we need to know each other you don't have to get into everybody's business but we ought to know whenever a brother or sister's down we ought to know whenever that, that, that just by their actions that we know that we may not know all the questions, we may not know all the situation, but we know that, that, that there's something going on in their life that we can encourage them, that we can pray on their behalf, that we can strengthen them, that we can speak into their life and say, yeah, I know that you're going through a difficult season, but you don't worry about it. I got you. I got you covered on this. I'm believing God for you on your behalf. I, I know that you may be down right now and, and, and your resource of faith and strength may be weary, but that's okay because I'm going to go to God for you. That's what these four men did. They, they so believed for this man that was paralyzed. They so believed for this man that the Bible don't even say anything about his faith, but when Jesus saw their faith, When he saw their faith, he he spoke to the man. And he said, because of their faith, your sins are forgiven you. Right? Is that Bible? And so you say, well, well, you know, what about that? Well, it doesn't suggest to us that we should always depend on somebody else. But it does tell us that when we're weary and well-doing, huh? Whenever we're down, whenever we're fighting the good fight and and yet we don't have the spiritual strength to to, to muster up and say, God, I believe you or even praise him. If we've got somebody for us, if we've got somebody believing for us, if we've got somebody that'll carry us into the presence of Jesus, that's the reason why worship is so important. It's, It's how we carry our other brothers and sisters, somebody that comes to the house of the Lord and they've just drugged their bodies in to this place but it's the household of faith and even though they may be down and even though they may be weary if they've got a brother or a sister that'll start lifting up the name of Jesus and glorifying him and praising him God said he would inhabit our praise and in essence it's the same thing it's carrying that man into the presence of Jesus because we have ushered him the presence of Jesus into this place Where the broken, hurting humanity, lost, frail, sick, disease, infirmity, whatever it is, has come into the presence of the Lord. And whenever you come into the presence of Jesus, anything is possible. Glory to God. I said anything is possible. Where Jesus is, the power of the Lord is present to heal. Let me say that again, wherever Jesus is, the presence of the Lord, it, the Lord, presence of the Lord is there to heal. It's there to do whatever needs to be done. Amen. And they said in verse uh, 21, the scribes and the Pharisees began to reason. That's where we mess up so when we begin to reason. Whenever the spirit of the Lord begins to move, whenever the spirit of God begins to speak into your heart, don't settle for reasoning. Don't, don't back up and start reasoning, trying to figure it out. If you can figure it out, it's probably not God. Right? But they started reasoning within themselves. And who is this who speaks blaspheme? Who can forgive sins but God alone? But how many know that Jesus operated in the gifts of the Spirit? Verse 22, but when Jesus perceived, word of knowledge, amen. When he perceived their thoughts, he answered and said to them, Why are you reasoning in your hearts? which is easier to say your sins be forgiven you or to say, rise, take up your bed and walk. But that you may know that the Son of Man has power on the earth to forgive sin. And he said to the man who was paralyzed, I say unto you, arise, take up your bed and go to your house. Amen? Now I know it's was saying earlier in this message, I know that that there are some that would believe even in, in what is called charismatic churches today. Do not believe in the gifts of the Spirit. They say they went out with the disciples or the apostles. But if Jesus released it after the cross on this side of Calvary, it's still happening now. There are some things that, that filter through the cross. Are you with me? There are some things that filter through the cross. But whatever Jesus started is still going now. And the fivefold, the apostle, the prophet, the pastor, the teacher, and the evangelist are gifts that God gave to the church. But with the gifts, gift of, that God, Jesus, released into the earth, that he gave us the nine fruit of the Spirit and the nine gifts of the spirit for every gift there is a fruit right are you walking with me and so he give us the gifts to be fruitful and he says if we don't have love then we're a sounding brass and a tinkling cymbal right And so, all of this is not for our glory. All of this is not for our honor. In fact, whenever God truly uses you in the gifts of the Spirit, it humbles you. Amen. It humbles you. To, to believe that somehow God would honor you to be used in the gifts. And so here we see what I want you to see is Jesus perceived. He is, In other words, he, he the gifts of the Spirit are in operation. And he knows what these guys are thinking. He says, you've reasoned this in your heart. What's easier to say? Your sins be forgiven you? Or take up your bed and walk? some people have a hard time believing that God wants to heal but none of us would suggest today I don't think none of us would suggest today that God doesn't want to save everyone because the Bible said that he came to seek and to save that which is lost that he came that none should perish but all should come to repentance right on this side of the cross the word saved is the same Greek word Sozo, which is saved and healed. Sozo means saved, but it also means healed. So Jesus comes and he says, what's easier for me to say? Take up your bed and walk or your sins forgiven because it's the same. Amen. And so, if we're going to believe God, for in other words, it takes the same faith to believe God for your healing as it does for salvation. Amen. And so, in believing God, He said, "What's easier? for What do you want me to say? What do you want me to do? I just, I just want you to know this man, this man has to the devil to call me a He's going home and he'll heal it Amen. Can you imagine whenever they started taking the tile off of that roof? If that would have been us today, we would have probably said, well, we must have missed God. Huh? God must not wanted to heal him today. Maybe another time. Sorry, Charlie. But no, if you'll give me some leeway today, I can hear one of them saying, We carried you here, but we're not carrying you back home. <laughs> You're getting heavy. I mean, no, the longer you carry something, the heavier it gets. <laughs> they said, We carried you here, but we ain't carrying you home. And so we may not be able to get you in the door, and we may not be able to get you in a window. But we'll go to the top of this roof and we'll lower you down. And when they lowered him down, he came right into the presence of Jesus. And when he came in the presence of Jesus, I can see Jesus seeing this paralytic man, but also see him looking up. And he said, if they have that kind of faith, then I'm going to heal this man. Amen. Amen. I, 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 I don't know. I'm just going to share some of my heart with you today. But I'm believing for a move of God so radical that it doesn't just heal the ones that believe. But heals the ones that don't believe. <laughs> Amen. I, I, I know that sounds radical, Jonathan, but that's what I'm believing for. Because it, it, it said that because of their faith. It's a testimony, our healing and and miracles and signs and wonders, the Bible said, are not for the believer, but for the unbeliever, right? So that they may believe. And so our faith can, can touch God, can touch heaven for somebody who comes into this room that doesn't even believe. But so what? Our faith touches God for them and God does a thing in their life so that they will believe. He said immediately. <laughs> immediately, he sent him to therapy for six months. <laughs> no, immediately. He got up. And what did he do? He departed and went to his own house glorifying God. And what was the account? They were all amazed and glorified God. Amen. In other words, they was as happy about his miracle as if it were their miracle. Amen. They got excited about this man, amen, being able to be delivered and set free from this paralytic condition all of these years. And now he is set free by the power of Jesus in one word. Glory to God. And they were all amazed, glorified God, and were filled with fear, saying, we have seen strange things today. I wonder how long has it been since since folks have left the church saying, we've seen strange things today. Amen? Amen? we've seen something extraordinary today we have seen something different today we we have seen the hand of God this doesn't just happen right and he tells them you know he, of course Luke says strange things Mark says that we have seen it in a way we've never seen it before however you want to say it right but the reality of it is is at the end of the day, they seen something they had never seen before. My heart cry is this: God, let us see something we've never seen before. Let us leave saying, like them, that we have never seen it in this fashion before. Right? That's what it's going to take. Can we be real? That's what it's going to take for this last day. Americans culture to return back to the house of God is to see something they don't see in the crack house. To see something they don't see down at the bar. To see something they don't see at the concert. Come on. But something that is going on that's extraordinary, that is supernatural, that they can only point and say, To God be the glory for what has taken place here today. Amen? Yes. I, I want God to do something extraordinary to where that when we leave, we say, we, we've, we, we've never seen it like that before. Yes. Glory to God. Yes. We have never seen nothing like this let not only the church be amazed but let the world be amazed amen let the world be amazed that 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 blind eyes are opening up let the world be amazed that deaf ears are unstopped and the crippled are leaping let let the world be amazed that that the drug addict is being set free just by the power of the spoken word let the world be amazed let this culture be amazed at what doctors cannot do what physicians cannot do what psychologists cannot do just in a millisecond in the presence of jehovah god their transformation has taken place and the power of god has shifted everything in their life hallelujah Hallelujah. You still, I know today that I told them this week, I know that that it isn't something that everybody's after, but I'm telling you today, I'm after the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm after the gifts of the Spirit. I'm after the fruit of the Spirit. I'm after something that's extraordinary because that's what he said is our heritage in this last day. He didn't say he would make us pop culture. He didn't say he would make us famous. He said in the last days I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. And your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. And all my servants and handmaidens I will pour out of my spirit and they will prophesy. Away with this lie and the foolishness that the Holy Ghost is going to scare somebody away. The Holy Ghost is the Lord of the harvest. And the Bible says except they are drawn by the spirit they cannot come to God I'm telling you what they're looking for is not another show they're not for another sound they're looking for the power of God that is real in a man's life they've heard about Jesus but they've never seen the power of Jesus and whenever God has a church that he can trust with the supernatural and the power of God the signs and the wonders are going to follow after the believer and we're going to see the supernatural in this last day like we've never seen it before. If you believe that for him, just give him a little praise right here today. I'm almost done. Help me, Jonathan. I'll quit. But we believe so much junk. Until I, You can't dummy down God, but that's the only word I can say. We've dummied him down to, so, so we can figure him out in our finite little old minds. Until we want to humanize him. But he's not human. I know he was 100% man, but he was also 100% God. How do you explain that? But he isn't limited. Amen? I know i, I got to go. 1130. He isn't limited, not because He was the Son of God, but because He was the Son of Man operating in the gifts of the Spirit. Not one miracle that He did, did He do as the Son of God. Every miracle Jesus did, He did as the Son of Man operating in the gift of the Spirit that is available to you and I and i don't i don't want to i hope i say this right but i don't want to belittle don't want to bring him down there's no way you can but i don't want to even try to do suggest that in your mind but i want to say to you that everything jesus did everything he did it is possible for you and i to do <sighs> wow everything he did everything that he used everything he was equipped with he he made this statement as my father has sent me even so in the same power in the same authority in the same anointing even so send I you huh and so that power is available to us today The fruit of the Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit, the anointing that that was upon Jesus was the anointing of the Holy Ghost. And it has been released to us without measure. Right? And so my question is today, why are we still sitting in Lodi Bar acting like we're paupers? Why are we still acting as though that we're crippled and we're not able to function and we're not able to do what God said and man put a word over our hearts and over our lives and and yet we feel as though that we're insignificant and we're nobodies and we're nothing and, and we're old wretched worms and we're just a sinner saved by grace. Oh, shut up. I'm not a worm and I'm not a sinner saved by grace. I once was a sinner, but now I'm saved. And it was by grace but i'm not sinning anymore come on somebody i'm a new creation in christ jesus and old things have passed away and all things have become new and so now i'm a son of god oh hallelujah i'm a daughter of god i I, i've been draft grafted in through the blood of jesus christ and so now i don't come as a wretched worm but i come boldly into the throne room of god And I have a cry, Abba, Father, and he's an ever-present help in the time of my need. Glory to God. I don't know if that does anything for you, but I'm preaching myself happy today. Amen. Amen. I'm telling you today, we are somebody in Christ Jesus. And you may never preach from this pulpit. You may never come up on stage and sing a song. But it doesn't mean that you're not the child of God, full of the Holy Spirit, that God wants to use you. He may use you in Walmart. He may use you at your workplace. He may use you wherever, but but just let Him be God in you. The pinnacle of Christianity is as blessed as I am. I told folks this week, the greatest honor that I ever had was to be called to preach the gospel. And I, I know some people want to get up and they don't, I don't hear it so much anymore, but people would want to talk about, Brother Dan, everything they gave away, everything they gave up to be a preacher. I didn't give nothing up. It was the greatest honor the day God called me to preach this glorious gospel. I would have to take an, a demotion to be the president of the United States. Amen. But understanding that, The pinnacle of Christianity is not to get up and preach behind a pulpit or be on TBN. The pinnacle of being Christianity is knowing who you are in Christ and having the fullness of His power working in your life and being all and doing all that He has created for you to be and to do. Because God doesn't need another Benny Hinn. He doesn't need another Smith Wigglesworth. They did what they did. He doesn't need whoever you may think in your mind. All he needs is a you, a Michael Harmon, full of the Holy Ghost. All he needs is you, full of his Holy Spirit. And hearing his voice and obeying his will. And making a difference not only in your life, but those around you. I've told you over and over that's the reason why that the Mormons are growing so rapidly is because they believe their doctrine. I'm almost done. You're helping me. Just think how long it would be if you didn't come. <laughs> Brother Gary, can you, can, you, can you name one Mormon preacher? No, (laughs) they don't have I don't know I don't know I haven't seen no television shows I haven't seen no woman thou art loose I haven't seen them having no crusades I haven't seen them having no nothing and yet they're one of the fastest growing religions in America how is that? because they believe their doctrine and because they believe it they witness they share it they tell it everywhere they go huh and it's not waiting on a a pulpit ministry thank God for the pulpit ministry But they're not waiting on a pulpit ministry to do extraordinary things. They're saying, we believe our doctrine. We believe in our gospel. And they're sharing it. And they're growing by the multitudes. Amen. What would happen if we believed our gospel? But you say, well, pastor, they don't believe. Well, I just showed you in the Bible where this man didn't have faith. Well, maybe he had faith, but it doesn't say it, it, it didn't have nothing to do with his faith. It had those who brought him. What if we just quit discrediting ourselves? and what if we quit, quit, uh, quit limiting ourselves and we just believed the gospel and started sharing the gospel everywhere we went. Amen? Stand with me today please.